Hello and welcome to ProCon. My name is Siddharth Satish and I'm back, finally, as your host. As you would have seen in our last episode, I spoke about the technical problems that we faced with our uploading software. Our ProCon team has worked the past two weeks to resolve this problem, and I'm glad to let you know that this problem has been successfully resolved. But instead of giving you a debate this week, we wanted to give you a taste of something new. The ProCon team unanimously voted to have an interview of two freshmen recently involved in debate. Many times, freshmen don't get the attention that they deserve. It goes to seniors and juniors, and they ought to have that attention. But for those who are hesitant about joining speech and debate for the second semester of high school, we wanted to give them some more information and a greater insight on what it's like to be a freshman or someone new in speech and debate. So please put your hands together as we welcome Tanisha Jane and Dhriti Godar onto the show. On today's show, we welcome two freshmen from West Windsor Plainsboro High School North. These two girls have competed in speech and debate since their first day of high school and recently were one amongst the few people to award inside of the National Princeton Model Congress Championship. Out of a pool of a thousand delegates, these two girls received honorable mentions in their respective committees. Today, we're going to be learning more about their experiences in speech and debate, some things about their personal lives, their hobbies, their interests, and things that they do to be successful inside of the speech and debate community. Welcome onto the show, Tanisha. It's our pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me here, Sid. I can't wait to discuss all of these um, questions with you and really get to talk about um, my speech and debate experience and how it's shaped me so far and how I hope it'll shape me for the rest of my high school experience. I'm glad to hear that, Tanisha. And of course, welcome onto the show, Driti. Hello, thank you so much. I'm so excited also to talk about how speech and debate has been going for me and especially how I'm tackling everything on top of my sports and after school activities and stuff like that. I just, I'm excited for that. Thank you. Yes, it's obviously ProCon's pleasure to have you here on today's show. And before we go into more detail about speech and debate and what you guys do in that area, let's just get to know more about you. So, Tanisha, starting off with you, what do you like to do outside of speech and debate? Um, so, outside of speech and debate, uh, I'm involved in a few other clubs inside of school, along with a few extracurriculars that I like to do outside of school. Um, first, talking about what I do in school, um, I really like stock market and investing, and a lot of the economics side of the world we're in right now. So, I'm a part of business club where I do the Wharton Challenge, mm. um, in which we basically just discuss different stocks and we're given $100,000 to really invest in a strong stock portfolio, not only for now, but for our future as well. Um, I also uh, do a little bit of UNICEF in school. It isn't too much of um, a really in-depth club. It doesn't take too much of my time, but I really feel like I should be more involved in um, volunteering and at least giving back to um, my community and the rest of the world as well. Um, outside of school, uh, I dance since I don't really do any sports in school. I do dance and I do swim outside of school. And um, yeah, that's pretty much um, most of my activities that I do. Uh, a few of my hobbies would be I love to cook and I really like to garden. Um, I love learning about new cultures and I do feel like one of the best ways to learn about new cultures is through the food. So um, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's really, really interesting. And I like that you like learning about new cultures. And for me, that's what little bit of speech and debate always is. We go and compete in competitions, obviously, but we get a glimpse into the lives of other people who we are geographically separated, but sometimes we do have the same mindsets, the same experiences, and it's wonderful to see things like that. But uh, enough about me. What about you, Drithi? What do you like to do? I think definitely in school, one thing that I've, that's kind of been challenging so far is basketball just started, and I am participating in the basketball, or basketball, the sport basketball, so sorry, and on top of that, I do Sasa, which is really fun in school, which is a, another, like, thing for dance, it's a, an Asian dance community, where basically we just express our culture, which is something that's also very important to me, is that making sure that my culture and everyone else's culture is appreciated, and that everyone can see that they're welcomed into our school, and those are a few things that I do in my school, and then on top of that, outside of school, I really like to sing and dance, and I like doing a lot of things with, like, theater, and kind of that's what got me into talking and, like, speech and debate as well, because I really like putting myself out there and seeing how people respond, and I like talking to people, and that's something that speech and debate has given me so far, and I can't wait until it gives me some in the future, and as far as for hobbies, I usually... Over the summer, I volunteer at a summer camp, which is really fun. I do a lot of stuff for volunteering. I'm in Girl Scouts, which is very fun as well. And I like just giving back to my community and talking to others about how their experiences are with life and in school in general and just making sure that everyone's okay. That's really, really nice to hear. Both of the young women that we hear, have here on the show today have clearly have a passion to give back to the community, and that's what we would like to see with all of our future citizens. And that's what I think each one of us, regardless of how old we are, where we live, are all trying to do. And uh, for that reason, I think it's quite honorable and quite appreciable that these young women manage their schedules with speech and debate and simultaneously also are able to give back to a community that has given so much to us and to them as well. But moving into the meat of today's interview, let's start talking about one of the major um, life-changing experiences that you had in speech and debate. So obviously you guys have competed in competitions before um, and stuff like that, but what do you think that you learned from every single competition that you competed in? What is one recurring motif per se, in each and every competition. Let's start with you, Tanisha. Um, so for me, when I really started speech and debate, um, one of my biggest um, falters, and I still think it's something that I just falter on today too, is um, confidence. And uh, I really feel speech and, speech and just becoming a part of debate, congressional debate um, specifically, has helped me understand that you really do belong there. I mean, like, it's really easy to tell yourself when you're in a room full of, like, a thousand other people um, who are dressed in, like, suits and ties and everybody knows um, what they're doing or at least looks like they know what they're doing. Um, I feel like it's just important to reassure yourself and tell yourself you know what you're doing, too. Um, oftentimes, I feel like we always get caught up in the fact that everyone else in the room is better than us, but it's important to remember that uh, you're um, really good, too. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like the, one of the biggest things that I've learned from speech and debate, especially along with something that I feel like it's important for me to learn with all the other aspects of my life as well, is the fact that um, there's always going to be someone better than you. There's no doubting that. There's always going to be someone in the room who's uh, stronger than you, but whenever you're up there, you should be able to not only let yourself believe, but let everybody else in the room know that you know what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. 
But um, going a bit in, you spoke about confidence and how you think you developed a bit more of that. Was developing confidence one of the major things that attracted you to speech and debate? What caused you to come and even show up on the first day of debate club meeting? Um, Model Congress, um, especially out of all the different congressional um, speech types that there are, really um, spoke out to me, not because of confidence, but more because of the fact that I enjoy talking about law and politics and stuff like that. But I feel that now, knowing how much Model Congress has impacted the confidence that I have when I get up and talk in front of people, I'm so happy that it's a club I joined. On the first day, I had no clue what um, the impact um, Model Congress would have on not only what I knew about the world, but what I learned about myself and how I talk. And um, a lot of the issues that I have with... um, how much I really believe in what I'm saying. So the reason why I walked into Model Congress on the first day was more because of me wanting to learn about differing opinions, different opinions that were different than mine. But now I do feel that more than learning about other people's perspective, I've learned a lot more about my own confidence and what I have done already and what I should do to improve as a speaker. Yeah, that's really, really nice to hear. the growth that you felt and what caused you to come to Model Congress. And I think many speech and debaters, regardless of whether you do Model Congress, National Speech and Debate, Mock Trial, Moot Court, there's so many other speech and debate opportunities out there. And I think that having the the feeling that you're going to have your voice heard is one of the major motivational factors for many people coming into these debate competitions. And I'm glad to hear that that's what motivated you to come to one of the first meetings. So, um, going along those lines, Driti, was the experience same for you? Was it developing confidence, or did you already have some of that? Do you want to focus on something else? What attracted you to debate? I think definitely something that attracted me to debate is that I've always grown up thinking that I want to do something in speaking. Ever since I was little, it's always been something that I've aspired to do in, like, clubs and, like, like stuff after school. My mom would put me in, like, speech and stuff like that. I would love giving speeches, and I think that's one thing that attracted me to congressional debate and on top of that this type of congressional debate is kind of it's very in a way you could say prestigious because other clubs itself there are so many other people that do it so getting into this club and just being active and participating in this is something that really makes me happy and as far as the confidence goes I think definitely something that so many people have said and something that I continue to do fake it till you make it that's something that definitely helped me with my first um mock and my first conference and everything like that. It's the first thing that I think of when I get into a room and when I see other people. Obviously, I know that there's going to be some people who are weaker and there's some people who are stronger, but it's my job to make sure that everyone else knows that I'm the best that I can be and I'm the best that I'm going to be in the room because it's something that I have to be proud of. Even if I do mess up, even if I do say the wrong things, I have to make sure that everyone else still knows or still thinks that I know what I'm doing. So I think fake it till you make it is a very, very good option or a good way to tell yourself that you can do something. And it's something that I've been using for a long time. Yeah, definitely. I think many of us can associate going in and even being our first competition because many people don't even have to try out. They just walk into their first competition. And I remember, and I remember walking in and feeling so, so scared because you're talking in front of 20 people you don't know. For some people, it's easy. For some people, it's a bit harder. But you're talking to still 20 people who you may or may not know. And it's a bit nerve-wracking at first. Um, and you mentioned that you 
al- already had some experience in speech and debate, and you obviously were a bit of a more seasoned um, person coming in uh, to model Congress, but how do you think, have you grown since then, or have you just learned a little bit more, or is that, has the growth been steady and quite significant? I think I've definitely grown. Ever since I started, I had a little bit of confidence, but right now, I feel like I can go up to a room and say my opinion. I feel like in the past, we've been given one set, one opinion that you have to be voicing, but in congressional debate, like this type of congressional debate, I am confident enough that my opinion is right, and I'm so glad that I have grown to this level because I remember, even though I did have a little bit of experience, I remember being so scared of saying the wrong thing or saying something that's completely off to the topic of what's going on, but I feel right now the growth that I've endured or something that's happened to me, it's honestly, I'm so happy that this much has happened so soon, and I can't wait until I'm a senior and I can see the growth between freshman and senior year. Definitely, and I think that's a good thing that many people want to track as well, and I think you should, any freshman, sophomore who's doing speech and debate, you should probably take a recording of your first competition and then compare that to your last one, and many people will see the growth, and I'm sure you will as well. And going off of this whole concept of, you know, confidence and, you know, speaking your mind and knowing that regardless of what you say, you still had a voice. Um, You mentioned, Driti, that, you know, sometimes you're afraid to say the wrong things and uh, things along those lines. But have you ever actually said a wrong thing in front of a whole group? And how do you think, if if you weren't put in that situation and if you have not done so already, how would you handle it? I'll come to you uh, with the same question to Nisha. Okay, this has definitely happened to me before. I remember being in a little practice, like, conference before our actual conference for Princeton. I remember saying something wrong, and I got called out immediately, and my heart just broke. And I remember being filled with, like, fear and everything, and I thought everyone was going to start laughing at me. But then I got over it and realized that no one really cares. I think that one part that I said wrong, it got fixed later on. Someone helped me realize what I was saying wrong, but after that, no one remembers it except me, because it's obviously something that I've done, it's something, a mistake that happened to me, and I really hope that for other people who, like, are scared to not, to say the wrong thing, they can realize that it's not that big of a deal. At the end of the day, if you say it confident enough, people will be, believe whatever you're saying, and even if they do catch you once in a while, it's completely fine. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Driti. What about you, Tanisha? Have you said something completely outlandish, completely crazy ever in front of a group of people who you never knew, or even at like a practice competition? Because it's still your peers. You care what you, they think of you, don't you? Um, yeah, I do a lot. Um, and yeah, for me, it actually happened at Princeton, the conference. Um, it was my first conference, uh, the first day. It wasn't that long ago, so I still remember it really well. And um, for me... Uh, unlike Richie, I uh, didn't want to own up to the fact that I had said a wrong fact, and I didn't want to own up to the fact that I was wrong, because at that time, I was holding a lot of the power, so to speak, in that room, and I wanted to make sure that the rest of the people in that room still understood that I knew what I was talking about, um, and for those reasons, uh, what I actually did, which might not be the most moral thing to do in these situations, is I just went along with it. Like, nobody called me out on what I said. Um, for me, uh, some guy was talking about um, how long it took the SBA to pass um, orange juice, like Tropicana orange juice, through the SBA. Um, 
I was arguing the fact that the FDA takes a really long time to pass a lot of things through um, their administration because of how hard it is. And this guy was coming up and saying that it only took a big company like Tropicana Orange Juice two weeks. Now, he had a whole paper on Tropicana Orange Juice, and I know nothing about Tropicana Orange Juice. So I go up there and talk about Tropicana Fruit Punch because I know that dude knows nothing about what he's saying about Tropicana Fruit Punch. And I feel like it's a lot about being able to play to your committee in the sense that that's what happens in uh, model Congress, at least, and I'm pretty sure other congressional um, debate um, forums as well. And that's what you should be able to read your audience almost. Like, if you know that your audience is going to call you out, admit it. But I was the one speaking at that time, and I knew that if I said it with enough confidence, going off of what Vinci said, anybody anybody will believe what you said. Because we're not the only two people who face the issue with thinking that we're saying something wrong. Like, everybody else in that room could be thinking that what they're saying is wrong in comparison to what we said. So as long as you can make everybody else in that room believe that what you're saying is correct, half the people won't even um, think twice about what you've said. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think um, you both spoke about very, very close experiences and how you actually felt during those situations, which is really heartwarming to hear about because... Many people do face this, and often they don't, or they're not as vocal about it because it is a bit embarrassing. Obviously, I've seen it. Uh, I remember at my conference, I think last year at Yale or Columbia, what happened was that um, I said some, I said a factor statistic that turned out to be wrong, and then I was called out by the uh, the judge of the whole committee and everything like that. But what I did was I went along with it, and I still. Um, I did kind of what Tanisha did. I kind of pulled like, oh, I still know what I'm talking about. So kind of brushing over that fact. But there's so many ways you can handle such situations. There's the obviously admitted it, try to work with it. That's one way, facing it head on. Sometimes if you want to, you can go circumvent it. That's not the best route or uh, nothing is the best route in such a situation, to be completely honest. But I think everyone has a unique way of approaching it. And it was nice seeing this different paradox between the two of you. Um, just to tie this interview to a nice close, um, you guys mentioned about, you know, tracking the progress between freshman year to senior year. So if you were a senior right now, which I know is a far-fetched idea for you guys, the class of 2023, but if you were in 2023 right now and it was your last ever comment that you could give a freshman uh, inside of your high school, what would be something that you would tell them? What is one experience, one piece of advice that you would tell them and why would that be the thing that you would tell them? Um, start off. Uh, start start us off, Dorothy. I think definitely something that I wish someone told me and something that I'm hoping to tell future freshmen is don't worry too much. As I brought it back to, a lot of times we think that we're wrong. And the fact is, it's our opinion a lot of the time. So we're never wrong, essentially, in the fact that it's something that we're voicing out. Yes, there are facts. There are everything that go into that. But at the same time, do not worry that everyone's going to think about it four years later in the future and think of that one time that you said that wrong thing or something that may have seemed off. Because if you fake it till you make it, you will make it. And that's something that has been said for freshman and I remember hearing that myself but I didn't really believe it until I experienced it and that's something that I would preach I guess to the other freshmen if I were a senior because it's definitely one of the most important parts of congressional debate you could be scared straight 
great, but you still have to go into the room and prove yourself to all these other people. And a lot of times it's people that may seem like they're better than you or they may seem like they think that they're better than you. And it's your job to make sure that they know that you are either on the same level or that you may be better. Definitely. Tanisha, what would your last words of advice be? Um, so I understand that this will probably sound really cliche and like probably the beginning of like every single fancy agenda and like all of Target. But like what I'm saying is that the best is yet to come. I feel like um, we always live in the future. None of us ever choose to live in the present. We always think, oh, what will I do then? What will I do in four years? And I just feel like after my four years of model Congress, all I'll want to tell the freshmen is that literally you guys have the next four years out in front of you to um, just see what this does to you. I mean, I started Model Congress hoping to learn more about like people's opinions, and I've, I've learned so much not only about that, but more about my own opinions and um, what I can really grow and do for myself as a speaker. And I just feel like um, it's a journey that every single person is going to have to take on their own, but it's so much fun. Like, I just want... Um, every single one of the freshmen to understand how much fun it is and just to understand why we all got into Model Congress in the first place. Like, there's some days where I was just, like, sitting in committee, just like, why the hell did I ever join a club in which I'm so stressed out about, like, every single speech that I have to give? Um, but just to know that it's all really fun and that it's such a great and amazing experience. And in such a short period of time, it's made such a big impact on me. And just to make sure that all the freshmen, just all of the other people who do any other type of congressional debate know that um, it's such a wonderful experience that we're all grateful enough to be able to do in the first place. And we should all just be able to take advantage of that and um, really make the most of the four years that they're going to have. Definitely. I think both of you, even though you're only freshmen, spoke about points that many seniors um, will address this year when they leave school and stuff like that. And I think um, it was quite... Uh, quite quite valid everything that you guys said and I think if I were a senior this is something I would say too um, Driti your point on fake it till you make it that's what I did all of my freshman year and it's a tactic that many people use many experienced debaters that I know use as well they fake their confidence because confidence is not that easy to obtain it's not something that you wake up the next day and you just have this newly regained sense of strength and Tanisha on your point of the best is yet to come Yes, of course, every single year, the freshman year is obviously going to be the year that you learn the most, but every year after that is going to be better and better, and you leave with such a big bang. And I think for me, and for every one of you listening out there, if speech and debate or if anything like this um, has ever made you cry or laugh so hard or make you feel so happy, it's definitely for you. Because the things that you're most passionate about gives you the most extreme of feelings during times. Driti explained the sense of fear. Tanisha explained the happiness and like the way she overcame problems. And then they went on to talk about how they're putting up this sense of confidence and how at times they used to cry because committee wasn't doing well, the judge was being a bit rude or things like that. But these extreme emotions show passion. And I think passion is really hard to come by because you only have four years in high school and you need to find everything that you're passionate about in those four years. This is your time to explore. So to each and every one of you listening out there, if speech and debate, if any activity has made you giddy with laughter or so sad that at times you just come home and cry, then it's definitely for you. It shows that you care. It shows that you want to be there. And that's what these two freshmen want. 
They want to be in speech and debate. They want to compete in model Congress. But let's realize that this is not limited to the confines of model Congress. Those of you who engage in national speech and debate, I do congressional debate. I remember sitting in chambers being judged by our parlies. I do Lincoln Douglas. I remember the judge coming in, me waiting um, for an extended period of time outside the room, hoping that my judge would come in and tell us their, his preferences on crossing and questions. I remember doing PF. I've tried every single thing. And I'm sure each one of you listening out there has tried at least one of these things in speech and debate. And if you haven't, you're really missing out on something, and you should definitely go for it. Of course, if you don't like it, don't continue, but these freshmen who came in just a few months ago into this world of adolescence, where people are driving and some people are still um, learning how to navigate the walls of high school, they were able to find their passion inside of speech and debate. And I'm sure for many of you who feel like your voices are not being heard inside of classes, who feel like they're not being represented, this is the avenue for you to grow. And I hope after listening to this episode, the anecdotes that Drithi and Tanisha gracefully provided us, you were able to learn more about speech and debate and what each community inside of speech and debate does foster. And to me, these two gem of girls are prime examples of what speech and debate can do to you and how they can cultivate such poise and such well-articulated thoughts that they communicated in today's show. And with that, thank you so much, Tanisha. Thank you so much, Rithi, for being on the show. It was my pleasure to have you here, and I hope to have you back Thank you so someday. much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. It was, it was honestly a pleasure. Yeah, I had such a fun time. And I just, I, I just, um, I do feel like it's really important for just a lot of, um, anybody who really is listening to this to just know that speech and debate will have a huge influence on anyone who does it. And it's always going to be hard when you start, but it's such a rewarding experience. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely agree. Whether you like it or not, I think even if you do push to do it, and obviously if you don't like it that much, you don't have to be pushed to do it, but you're going to have a big impact. And at the end, you're going to look at yourself and look and realize what happened and how much you've grown over the past few years. And hopefully that's something that happens to us, Tanisha. And we look at ourselves freshman year right now and realize how much we've grown and how much of a better human we've become. Yeah, I'm coming back to listen to this in four years. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Literally going to yeah. come back and listen to it. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that each one of you enjoyed the time on the show. I enjoyed having you here. And I think it took me back to my freshman days a little bit as well and made me a bit emotional because I, I think um, I missed some of those times and I still do. And I'm sure many of the listeners do as well. But um, thank you so much for tuning in into this episode of ProCon. Stay tuned for our next episode next week where we talk to two speech and debate coaches from West Windsor Plainsboro High School North and learn how they started their own debate team and how they act as coaches and help their students. Thank you for tuning into ProCon. Hope to hear from you next week.